This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 480 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight, we are going to talk to two of the North American Young Rider medalists, Callie Jones and Anna Weninger. After that, Jessica Sprickland will discuss the transition to professional life after Young Riders. And later, we will cover a listener question for our trainer tip. Fleur Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hey, Phil. Hi, Reese. How are you? <laughs> good. How are you? Uh, just doing good, you know, loving life, dealing with the heat, <laughs> training oh, horses. It's <laughs> hot. I think it's hot for everybody. You know, yeah. it is just hot. Um, yeah. Well, I'm yeah. actually... Um, uh, actually out training right now. I'm in Chesapeake City, Maryland, and uh, we're right by the Chesapeake Bay. Like it's oh, literally a beautiful spot. It yeah. is so gorgeous, but it is so hot. <laughs> it is so <laughs> heavy. Like, I mean, you just feel, I want to just go jump in the water actually oh. and not ride horses. Yeah. Come on. You're from Kentucky. Really... Don't complain. Yeah. This you're is worse. Fine. This is worse. I will say these East coasters, you guys, you guys get the humidity for sure, but, um, no, it's been absolutely fantastic. Um, and, uh, yeah. enjoying every minute of it and sweating a lot, but that's all right. And the boys are doing great. So it's been a really great experience and it's been fun to be here. So, yeah. And I got a shout out to my group, uh, Mogi and her group. I know they're listening. They're great listeners of the show. I actually went to their farm yesterday and uh, had a great time over there. So it wasn't super far from where I am. So uh, shout out oh, to those nice. guys. that's nice. You're still yeah. working, right? You're still I'm working. still working. Absolutely. It's in, <laughs> it's in our blood for sure. Yeah, so I love it. Well, well, the North American uh, yeah. Young Riders or, or Youth Championships happened. Mm-hmm. And we thought we'd grab a, a couple of the competitors the, um, to come on our show. And these these two ladies traveled all the way to Europe over the summer yep. to gain experience and miles in the show ring. Yep. Um, so we and, thought we'd bring them on the show and, yes. and talk to them all about yes, it. Well, shout out too, Phil, because Callie Jones, who's coming on, is from Kentucky. Uh, and she's a gold medalist. And we, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to Alex Baugh in the eventing. And she won the gold medal and the two star. So I just want to shout out to my Kentucky girls for bringing home the gold medal to Kentucky. So I thought that was pretty good trivia and pretty fun. So I hope you enjoy Callie and Anna. They're really, they're really great. Well, I am so excited tonight to have Kelly Jones and Anna Winnegar on the show. These ladies have had such a great year uh, during their Young Rider Tour in Europe and also both are gold medalists from the Young Rider Championships that just happened. So girls, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks. Well, Callie, I'm going to start with you first because you're my Kentucky girl as well. I've seen you grow up um, through through the shows and all the good stuff. So, Callie, tell us a little bit about yourself and your horse and uh, maybe a little bit about what the European tour was about. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm Callie and I'm from Kentucky. Great state. Um, I'm 20 years old and my horse, Phil, as I like to call him, he is 10. And I've had him for about two years now. 
And over these two years, we've just created the most wonderful bond. I mean, he's my best friend, and he's giving me his all, so I can't thank him enough. And going to Europe with him was an amazing experience, and I learned so much. And even over the six weeks, I think he grew as a horse. And it was just incredible doing three CDIs, and I had two amazing teammates, Anna and Ben, and just having their support was incredible, and I just couldn't ask for a better experience. Well, tell us real quick, um, what what were you and Anna doing over there? What what was the program, and how did you get into it? So we were a part of the European Young Rider Tour, and to get in, we had to get... Was it two scores, Anna? You definitely you have to get two sets of scores with the team individual and freestyle. So you have to ride all three tests at two different CDIs. And you had to average, I think it was a 68%. And then once you met that criteria, then you went your name went to the committee and then they decided if they wanted to take you. And that's basically all we had to do, so it was pretty easy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I think quite well, you have to get the scores. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I was going to say I don't yeah. know, guys. That goes was... into there. I, I <laughs> Sounds hard. So, Anna, we heard your voice. Welcome to the show, Anna Winnegar. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing Anna, well. T- great. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your horse. Okay, I am from North Carolina. I'm 19, and I've basically been a dressage rider my whole life. My parents are both dressage riders. Um, My mom is my trainer. And so I've just been involved with it my whole life. And um, my horse is actually my mom's horse. Derek, um, he's a 14-year-old Dutch riding horse. And mom bought him in Belgium when he was two and a half. And just kind of thought, okay, he has nice gates and a nice temperament. We'll see what he turns into. And she joked that maybe he would be my young rider's horse one day because I was, I think, seven at the time and just like riding a pony. So things came together and she trained the horse and she trained me on different horses. And then about two years ago, I started riding Derek and we competed in juniors one year and then young riders the last two years and it's just gotten better and better as we've gone along and I've learned a ton from riding him it's been an incredible journey and I I wanted to ask you how the you know um, the trip to Europe you know some of the things that you might have learned or that you were able to implement to have success at the championships and then maybe success going forward um, you know, as a dressage rider, what's the, what's the big, why does everybody want to go to Europe? Why do you guys go there? What's the point? <laughs> Why'd you go there? <laughs> there's competition, there's CDIs in, in America, right? You know, so let us know what, you know, let us know into the secret, what it's, what it's like to compete in Europe and what you're going to get out, you know, what you got out of it. Well, I think the point of going to Europe is just to experience the level of competition over there because it is different. Um, I mean, the level of competition in the United States is definitely increasing, and I think it's much more on par with Europe. I found that the difference when I went to Europe was not as big as I was expecting as far as what it takes to be competitive. But especially when you look at the 
pony and children divisions in Europe and so much more competitive than it is here. But even in young riders, you know, we were out there competing with many of the people who went to the European championships and can score consistently in the mid to high seventies. So competing against them was intimidating, but also really, I guess, educational to be able to watch them compete and see what it takes, but also to see that they're not all perfect. And even those top riders make mistakes sometimes and have bad days and it's okay. (laughs) Everyone does it. And they're really, they're not, they're not entirely different you know the U.S. young riders can actually keep up with what's going on in Europe but it's really I mean being in Europe I think competing for the U.S. over there it felt like a lot of pressure and it really pushed me to work harder and ride better and I think not just at the shows but the training at home my riding got better and better I was in Europe and I think that really paid off at NAYC. That's awesome. So um, when you guys were in Europe, just so people understand, this was a USEF program, right? And it was funded, right? Your, your trip and your coaching and how did that work? Yeah, the program is sponsored by Kim Van Campen and Discover Dressage. So we're very grateful to her. And Kelly and I both got grants to go and compete and train in Europe. And so you you get the grant and you take it and you see yeah. how much of it you can cover with that money. And it's, okay. it's great. Um, and then George Williams, the U.S. youth coach, is there for the whole time to train us and coach us at shows and be our chef to keep. Awesome. That's fantastic. So you girls, you came home and Ben, uh, did Ben stay in Europe a little bit longer? I can't remember. He just did. Excellent. <laughs> he Excellent. for another couple of weeks and did another two shows maybe. Okay. Because he awesome. arrived a couple of weeks after we did. Got it. Got it. So you girls came home. So Callie, how, how was it sort of between Europe and Young Riders? Because you were the double gold medalist at the team and individual and bronze in the in the curse. So tell us, um, yeah, that, that had to be sort of a, a tricky transition, right, between Europe and, and getting ready for young riders. How'd you do that? Yeah, um, I mean, we got home from Europe, and we were all just so excited about that. And so Phil, I mean, we gave him some time off because Europe is a lot between the traveling and the showing. And then we just, went back to our normal training and I continued to work hard because it was a goal of mine to try to medal individually mm-hmm. so leading up to NAYC we just we did have to gauge like how Phil was feeling because I didn't want to push him too hard because like I said Europe between the travel and the showing was a lot so I didn't want to have a lot of wear and tear on him between the two Um, between Europe and and NAYC but I mean leading up to it he felt great and he just continued to give me his all so great and how did young riders feel like how did that go for you I mean obviously well because you were you were (laughs) awesome but you know tell us a little bit about the experience yeah it was another amazing experience I mean I did juniors with him my first year and then last year we did young riders so going from young riders last year to this year 
I mean, I made a huge step, and Phil and I grew as a team over that year. And so this year, I mean, it was just an incredible experience. Each test, I think we improved, and I think they were three of the best tests that I have put out there this year. So I couldn't have been happier with that. And he's just an incredible horse. So, I mean, growing with him and going through this, with him was amazing, and I can't wait to see yeah. what the rest of this this year has in store. Absolutely. So, Anna, how about yourself? How how did it go? I mean, yeah, it went really, really well for me too. I <laughs> pretty much everything I wanted to happen happened. You know, I Derek and I improved over the course of the week, and. We had a really solid ride in the team test and were able to contribute to a team medal, which was great, and then improved a little bit in the individual. Um, I was really, really happy to finish fifth there because that was at that time the highest I had finished at Young Riders. And then in the freestyle, it was funny because the freestyle was actually delayed a day. It was supposed to be on Saturday night, but because of the rain, it got moved to Sunday morning. And so we got to have one extra lesson with George on Saturday and, (laughs) you know, Derek was going really, really well and he was quite fit. So that extra day wasn't a struggle for him and he just felt fantastic on Sunday and gave me his all. And yeah, the freestyle, I, it just went so well. I took some risks (laughs) that I don't always take in the ring and they all paid (laughs) off. Everything went according to plan. And there you go. Excellent. Well, girls, we are so thankful that you guys got to come on the show and we've been following you this summer and we look forward to hopefully seeing you guys and hearing how festival's going. Are you guys going to festival? Is that the next plan? Yes. I'm not. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but it's tough. You gotta get back in and get get to school and all those good things. Well I know girls, it's thank my you first s- week of school. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the tricky part about festival, isn't it? Well, girls, thank you so much for coming on the show and we can't wait to watch you and, and continue watching your careers as you go through this year and, and forward. Well thank you for having thank you. Us. Well, what great experiences those girls have had this summer, and and we wish them well. And right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with a a young rider who's now actually turned, uh, she's not 20, uh, she's over 21, and uh, Jessica Spracklin, she's going to talk a little bit about her transition to becoming a professional rider. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by Microphase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Microphase vitamin and mineral supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you 
matters to us. Well, tonight we are very excited to have Jessica Spracklin back on the show. She was on the show many years ago, and uh, we are excited to have her. She's a, now a bronze and silver USDF medalist. Jessica, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. How's it going? Great. We are so happy to have you on our Junior Young Rider show tonight, and we have lots to talk to you about. So give us kind of an update of what you've been doing in the last few years and also a little bit about the horse you have now. What I've been doing, well, it's been kind of a hectic few years. I was a working student for Lauren Chumley for almost three years, going back and forth to Florida and New Jersey. And me and my horse, Majestic, are working on the Grand Prix. We're almost there. Reese has been helping us. It's been great. And then, so this past summer, I decided that real life needed to happen, that I needed to come out of the working student world and go back to school and go back home and keep trying to work towards my goals. So that's kind of been the transition phase that I'm in in life. And then... Over this summer, this past month, I got to take Majestic to Scott Hassler's place for a dressage for kids clinic. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about, we'll start the story off, how you got Majestic. How did that happen? It, uh, I'm an extremely lucky person. Um, so many years ago when I was 19, I believe, I did Lyndon Gray's dressage for kids winter intensive training program. And after the program, I had talked to Lyndon and asked her if she had ever had a horse that was suitable for me to let me know. She then called me up and she offered me Majestic, who was then a third-level adult amateur horse, to lease as a dressage for kids horse. So he is now mine. It's four years later. I did the three-year lease. He and I have learned so much together, and we are now on the path. Grand Prix. So just just tell the listeners a little bit about sort of the D4K program. How how does that work to to get a horse? Because maybe someone wants to donate or how do you receive one as a young rider? Yeah, so D4K, it used to be back when I was a dressage for kids rider, it used to be called EDAP. Now it's called Team. But Lyndon Gray started the organization and runs it. And you can go online, you can sign up for their newsletters and to get emails from them. They have a lot of different programs like clinics, shows, educational things that they do. And then if you are interested in potentially getting a dressage for kids horse, what happens is owners want to donate their horses instead of selling them, and they'll contact dressage for kids, and they're able to donate to the nonprofit. And Lyndon will know of different horses and different riders and match them up. And and you find that out at dressageforkids.com? Yeah, dressageforkids.com is where you would get started. Just start finding that out, get connections, start becoming part of the team program. Excellent. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about what happened this summer um, here at, well, I'm, I'm currently at Scott Hassler's farm at River's Edge. Um, so tell us a little bit what happened because we didn't actually, we weren't here at the same time, which was a bummer, but tell us what happened up here. <laughs> so Lyndon shot me an email. So I'm I'm no longer 21, right? So I'm no longer a young rider. The golden time is over. Um, mm-hmm. But Lyndon shot me an email and invited me to fill one of the spots in their annual Scott Hassler Horse Mastership Clinic, which was a week-long intensive clinic where they flew in Michael Barazone and Ali Brock and a lot of different top trainers and speakers to help um, 
I think there were 15 of us young riders for a week. So we got to bring our horses. We got to watch 14 other riders ride and train under these trainers and kind of like jumpstart everything. Yeah. And how did that help you? I mean, because you're in a really kind of like you just said, you're in a tough position now. I mean, tell, tell everybody a little bit about what you're up to and why it's, it's hard now. Yeah. I mean, I came out of, so I was a working student. I got to ride under supervision, several different horses a day. I got at least two lessons a week, sometimes up to five different lessons a week. I was in the midst of being a working student. And then I got dropped out of that and had to come back home, um, which means I went to getting, you know, a lesson a month and not having eyes on. I don't have mirrors at home. I don't even have a correctly sized ring. So going from the intensive working student environment to um, a back home reality has been such a hard transition for me. I kind of lost my direction there for a bit. I didn't know if I was a good rider anymore. I didn't know if I had what it takes to, to, to get to Grand Prix. And going to the horse mastership clinic and being immersed in that environment again and kind of taking it at a new angle and paying attention to, all right, what can I take home to help me at home to fix this issue really set me on the path and really gave me a lot of hope of, I can do this. Sure. So, yeah, sorry, I was just going to jump in and ask you, you know, sort of um, how did thinking about your education a little bit differently, like what kinds of things um, are going to help you to go home with a little bit more inspiration and to kind of keep keep on the right path, even though you're not getting a ton of help and, and, and you're out of that situation? What's the plan? Yeah, my plan going into the <laughs> clinic was I wanted to absorb and learn everything I possibly could. And I told my instructors that. I told them, hey, what can I do at home that would help? Thank you so much for teaching me this, this topic. So a lot of what we worked on was throughness. Now, how can I take this home and work on it at home? And asking Scott and asking Ali different exercises or different cues I could read off my horse to tell me, okay, now I need to work on this was really helpful. And then watching a ton of other good riders and seeing what the trainers told them to do in certain instances. So there was one rider who had a little Morgan pony and they were working on the passage and um, being able to watch another horse and rider combination kind of in the same level and same situation I am work through different issues helps me see, okay, these are tools I can use at home. Yeah. And that's, that's a, I think that's the challenge, right, of, of every young professional or even professionals, right? You know, you, you go home and, and you only get so much help. And, and that's always a, a key. And, you know, certainly there's, there's other avenues. But at the end of the day, having some eyes on the ground and having someone there is so important. And, and that is the challenge of for everybody. Like, how do you get the help and how do you navigate sort of that whole that whole young adult, but becoming sort of, you know, adulting as, as we like to say it. So, um, yeah. yeah. So as you, as you go forward, um, kind of what's the goal, where are you going with this? I mean, my goal is Grand Prix. I would, I want to get my gold medal on a horse that I trained up the levels and I've kind of, after coming home and coming out of the environment, I've realized it's okay if it takes me a year. You know, it's okay if it takes a little bit of time, as long as I keep my eyes pinned to that goal and I keep helping 
or getting help from outside people. Like falling down to you, Reese, helps me so much. But that's an investment, right? I mean, I, I'm I'm two and a half hours. It's not like I'm around the corner for Jess. Like it's there's not a lot. It's it's hard. It's a whole day day experience to come for a lesson. Yeah, uh, I think I think we've talked about this before. I mean, sometimes it's not as easy or convenient, you know, to call someone up and say, "Oh, I need a lesson." Um, you know, can you come over? And then you know, Reese is five minutes away. She pops over. You have a lesson. I mean, if you're out of that sort of region or area. You know where there is a little bit of of hole as far as dressage trainers go. You got to make an effort, and you got to, you know, get the horse on the trailer. Whether it's a Saturday or you know you've worked a full week or you've been at school for a full week, it takes that extra push to go out there and 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 get help because nobody's going to do it for you. And as you've sort of discovered, you lose your way quite easily. I mean, it's it it takes it's even harder at this stage of the game, you know. And I think that's uh, yeah, something that. Yeah. That, you know, there, it's easy I mean, to sit at yeah. home and say, well, was me, but that's not going to get you anywhere. Right. So I think. Well, and I uh, think that's, yeah. you know, Phil, you, you do that. You, you trailer to, to your trainers. I'm, I, I'm gone for a month training with my trainers because I felt like that was the stage I was in, you know, so it, it is hard. It gets to be a lot harder, uh, but it's very doable. But like you said, you have to have your eyes on the prize and like, how am I going to make this work? within what I can do. So, uh, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Any advice you would give to, no, so to people? Don't be afraid to work hard. Don't be afraid to get up at 5am and go ride the stupid thoroughbred down the street so you can make money so you can get your horse on somebody's trailer and take it to a decent ring. You know, don't be afraid to ask questions when you are taking lessons and be a little bit stupid and be like, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing give me everything you've got when you're taking a lesson from a good instructor. You know, no one's going to judge you for asking questions and no one's going to think that you should have known how to do it because you don't like, I don't know how to ride Grand Prix. I've had the, the good fortune to be able to sit on a handful of Grand Prix horses, but that's it. And so watching other people ride helps me a ton. Watching other people have lessons, which you can do online you can look up people's clips of lessons. You can look up good trainers and good riders. It has helped me a ton just to figure out the timing for things and how it's supposed to look. I think that's awesome advice because uh, now that when the lessons are a bit scare- scarce, you're looking to get as much as possible out of each one, really. And I think that you can do that. Um, you know, when I'm teaching, as long as I don't have a full day, you know, like I've got to be running around, I'm happy to spend an, an extra what, half hour, you know, after a lesson to discuss the topics in further detail, in depth. If you want to, you know, if you say, oh, well, I, ha- I didn't have this problem today, but I know that, you know, maybe in the past I've had a different issue that we didn't see in the lesson. How do I approach that? You know, how do I look? For, I think you said a good thing about looking for when's it time to do something else? You know, are, is there more more I can do? You know, I think that's that's great. Just showing a little bit extra incentive. I don't think anybody is going to stand there and say, "Okay, your time's up." You know, I'll 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 see you in a month. You know, I think people are more than willing. And then, yeah. you know, and then to you know, sort of contact a little bit in between uh, to be asking a quick question here or there. I'm happy to answer that in an email or you know, we do that on the show all the time. So mm-hmm. there's there's other avenues to continue with your education, um, and and people are happy to to help keen riders um Absolutely. you know and people who have questions that's that's awesome we're always happy to, t- to talk 
dressage, right? So I think <laughs> that I think you'll find that with almost all of the instructors, and you know, to uh, as long as you're appropriate with your timing and not while they're coaching yes. someone else or something like <laughs> that, I think it's more than fine to go a little bit above and beyond and get more out of your out of your sessions. Yeah. Like I've, I've yet to meet an instructor that when I showed initiative and stay and clean a handful of bridles after my lesson and wait until they're done teaching or, you know, eating lunch. And I, I've yet to find an instructor that when I come up and ask a handful of well thought out questions, who say, no, go away. You know, yeah, absolutely. you, you got to work hard and you got to be willing to put in your weight. But at the end of the day, they want to help you. Well, Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about sort of the adulting struggles. Um, and tell us a little bit about how our listeners can can find you online if they want some lessons from you yourself. Yeah, I mean, I, I am a poor, poor college student. I need to teach. Um, find me online just on Facebook. I have a page under my name, Jessica Spracklin. Um, I'm in the Cincinnati area. Ohio. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Jess. Thanks for having me, guys. Good talking to you. Well, Phil, for our total saddle fit tip of the week, uh, our first tip is our favorite shoulder relief girth that is now in the synthetic version. I love this girth. How about you? It's awesome. It's uh, It improves your saddle fit and horse's comfort because the center of the girth sits in the horse's natural girth groove. With the sides are set back to attach to the billets of your saddle, so your saddle is going to sit a little further back, not up on the shoulders. That's why it's shoulder relief because with a traditional girth that's just sort of a, a belt or a band around the horse's belly, the saddle will get pulled forward and rest on the horse's uh, shoulder blades, which is going to prevent the horse from being able to perform and do all of the awesome moves that you're expecting a dressage horse to be able to do. And so, you know, with this shape, it allows the, the saddle to sit back where it's supposed to not get pulled forward by the girth, but the girth still sits anatomically in the correct place on the horse. So we're just highlighting the synthetic version of the girth this week. It's compatible with the wool fleece cover, if you'd like to put that on, uh, depending on your your horse's sensitivity. Um, The wool cover will take care of all of your most sensitive thoroughbred types, the ones with Mm -hmm. the thin skin that might get a little bit rubbed on, especially uh, in the summer. So... Yeah. Fantastic girth, fantastic products from totalsaddlefit.com. I love it. Well, Coach Jen, you've got our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week for us, don't you? I do have our question of the week. This is a good one that was submitted by one of our listeners, Kayla. Stump, stump the trainers again, stump, right? That's stump right. Stump the tra- trainers. You have not heard this before. Yeah. <laughs> We're ready. Drum roll, please. Drum roll. Um, this one's from Kayla. I recently bought a horse that has papers and we noticed he had been passed around a bit so this horse has had lots of different jobs careers training owners and owners he was both a dressage and a ranch horse at some point followed by a yoda a yoda picture he wants (laughs) to lead with his hindquarters when traveling down the rail sort of like fishtailing he has very sensitive sides and when you add your outside leg to correct him back to the rail he overcorrects Sometimes he shuts down and hops upwards onto his front end or simply backs up when you'd rather he move forwards. I've never encountered a horse that moves off his hindquarters his hind off the rail. How, any ideas how to correct this? 
He loves to spin on his forehand, but he's not very engaged from behind. <laughs> he's very, yes. <laughs> he's he very sensitive, and I'm worried my cues are not being understood. So I guess um, talking about specific aids and how to help this horse, tra- horse travel stay straight, huh? Yeah. Yeah. This is so tricky. This yeah. is a tricky. It's a little tricky because we're not seeing the horse, but we can give sort of a general, a general response to it. Um, so basically, horses. If you think about it, their horse. Their and we've talked about this before, but if you you know behind a horse, their shoulders are narrower than their hind legs and their hind quarters, right? So they're almost like a, a bit of a triangle. If you look at them from behind, not standing right behind them to get kicked, but, um, you know, think about the sort of the biomechanics of the horse, right? The shoulders are narrower than the haunches. So for the horse to travel straight down the long side, and she, she talked about it is that the horse has to be slightly engaged, um, from the inside hind leg. Um, this horse, it sounds like because it's hard, I, I don't know exactly know as a ranch horse, what his job was or her job was, but, um, definitely have a problem with that sort of engagement. So you basically need to teach the horse to move laterally from the inside hind leg, bringing the inside hind leg a little bit more underneath their body. And I've seen this a lot too with horses off the track. Thoroughbreds will do this too, especially in the canter. So a couple things to start with that exercise is, you know, number one, you want to make sure that your horse, um, moves laterally off your leg. So when you put your leg on, that the horse actually steps away from your leg, like a leg yield. Um, and then you would also want to work a turn on the forehand is a great exercise for this. Um, you know, this horse may have actually been taught uh, to move in that direction, um, that they want to bring the hindquarters in. We just got a note from Jen. They actually teach Western horses to move that way. Upward lope transition is with the hindquarters to the inside. So knowing this horse's history a little bit and knowing that information, he probably was taught to do that. So you've got to kind of reteach this horse how to, to be straighter. So that's what I would do is I would start to teach him to leg yield or to yield away from your inside leg. Um, I would use to teach the horse to turn on the forehand. That would be another great exercise. And um, actually just staying a little bit off the wall and pushing him toward the wall. That's your leg yield component, leg yielding him toward the wall. Um, and then for a more advanced horse, you could actually teach the horse a little bit of shoulder four. Shoulder four will do the same thing. So, Phil, that, that's what I got. What you got? Um, I'm actually a little worried about this horse because he sounds like he overcorrects and has uh, just an issue with, you know, being too sensitive to the leg. So I think for me, I, I might start in just being able to um to hold both legs on the horse because if he yeah. gets worried and he's moving around and then you know like it's 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 a really difficult job so it's sort of a retraining from the point of and the purpose of making him okay with the leg like you know so if the horse throws the hind legs a little bit in and you put your inside leg on and he runs away from you know runs away from the inside leg i think he just needs to halt and and allow you to put your leg on without him moving off and being um, worried about it or, or creating too much anxiety. So um, this could be a tricky problem, but it's it's a retrain problem. It's it's sort of like you know before before you t- kind of teach them to go away from the leg, they have to sort of accept the leg a little bit first. It's it's tricky to 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 because I'm picturing a horse that's sort of swinging a little bit back and forth along the wall. Yeah, that's because about he, right. he's falling in, yeah. and then all of a sudden he's you yeah. know 
falling out and then mm-hmm. and then falling in and falling out. So I'd, I'd spend quite a bit of time in walk and just placing the leg on and leaving the leg there um, he's, until he's, the horse. He's, he's a good idea. overly ambitious, trying to give you the answer yeah. he thinks right. And yeah, then when this he, is, and this, he feels yeah, you exactly. saying, no, that's the wrong answer. Then he goes, oh, my God, what is the right answer? I don't know right. anymore. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it might be a bit of an anxious horse or yeah. a horse that's been trained. Well, if he's had a lot of different owners, you don't know, you know, how yeah. it was trained. Or, yeah, or sure. so you've got to kind of maybe undo a little bit of that stress and that anxiety about the legs and, and, and do so and walk. So I would just pick up the reins. Walk along, walk, be walking along, whether it's on the rail or not on the rail, doesn't matter. You can do this on on, on a trail, what, wherever the horse is less anxious. Then I would be, I would place my legs on his side very quietly, with a little bit of pressure, and try and halt, and halt the horse while my legs are still on. And, and then might, when he does that, that, that then, then he, when, he, when yeah. the horse is quiet and does yeah. that, then I take my leg off. Yeah, and he's okay, right? So I, mm-hmm. I take. I take the leg off when the horse can stand still and be quiet and accept accept both legs, right? Not don't do one at a time, because then you're not really going to be working on straightness, right? So this helps yeah. you just to develop straightness with acceptance of two legs on the horse's sides. Yeah. And then when the horse halts and is quiet and has the two legs on, then I take them off and I put them back on and ask him to walk. I, I will use probably a verbal cue here because of the yeah, retraining that's a good thing. Good idea. Because yeah. I don't want I don't want him to rush off. Mm-hmm. I just want to put my legs back on and I, I, I probably would just click at the horse because a lot of them understand that or just say walk and then you're walking and you have your legs on and then you halt again and then you take your legs off. Then the legs go back on. You use a little click and then go forward. Just, yeah, just, I don't, I just picture a horse that's very nervous about, about leg contact. Yeah. Maybe and, even a little bit like trained that way. So hypersensitive. Like OTTBs yeah, that Reese works with so much, the ones that yeah. are just ready to jump out of their skin emotionally. Yeah, no, I think it's a that really good idea. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's hard to know without seeing the horse, but I think probably yeah, and if you he have is that, trying then you can teach hard. The, yeah, then you can teach the one leg moves this way and the, the other yeah. leg pushes the horse off the other way. But uh, yeah, yeah, the horse, I yeah, just here, you know, with this horse hop, hopping up and down or kind of spinning on the on the on the forehand, like these kinds of things. I don't know, but I think both perspectives will help yeah. the horse. Yeah. Agreed. There you go. Absolutely. That's a, well, you're got a two step in, solution though. for you. Ta-da. Yeah. Phil, take Phil, actually put that Phil's first, you know, make sure you can do Phil's. And then, then like you said, then the one legged is a really good way to do and it. Then, so. Yeah. Then you can progress further. But yeah, yeah if you start adding, to, you know, one leg at a time and the horse is yep. a, a little wild about it, I think that's, that's hard. Not going to work. Perfect. Yeah. Good idea. Good Yay. job. Yay. <laughs> this tip was brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. TotalSaddleFit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. 
If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com. Well, as always, everybody, we love email and Facebook shout-outs. <laughs> Keep them coming, and we'll get you queued up and, and, and answer all your questions and as best as we can, or we'll find somebody who can. So, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Absolutely. And Phil, we have forgotten to remind everybody, but if you're still listening, don't forget about our book club book, uh, Dressage and Harmony by Walter Zettel. I got a couple more weeks to read it, uh, but actually you'll really enjoy this book. So don't forget our our, uh, book club book. And um, everybody keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we will talk to you next week. (laughs) 